0: Welcome to this Changeboard Future Talent podcast. I'm Jim Carrick Burtwell, Chief Executive and Co-founder of Changeboard. Thanks for listening to this Future Talent podcast. There are many more available to listen to or download on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. That's great. A leading educationalist and contemporary historian, Selden is well-known for his insider biographies on prime ministers including Tony Blair, Gordon Brown, and John Major. An author and editor of more than 40 books, Sir Anthony is also master of Wellington College, Britain's top co-educational independent boarding school. Sir Anthony's presentation focuses on what makes us happy and successful, both in business and in our personal lives. By examining what motivates us, the values we want to live for, and how these can be applied to our working lives, he raises questions about whether we're being true to our values and what we can do to change if we're not.
1: Well, it's very nice indeed to uh, be here now. How are you all feeling? How many of you would you say had a great time... Oh, hi up there. um, Had a great time at school? Hands up. How many of you felt that your school uh, optimally prepared you for... The life that you have and the uh, person who you truly want to be. Hands up. So uh, we had uh, 68.5% of hands up uh, first time round and 7.262. Uh, percent up on the st- i don't you just love stats. Uh, they uh, tell us uh, uh, with indescribable accuracy about the world as it is. well i'm going to talk to you about education. and by the way, uh, for those of you who put your hand up first time round but not the second time round, what are you doing about it? What are you doing to uh, ensure that schools for your own children for your friend's children, for your neighbor's children, are going to be as good as they can possibly be. How many of you, for example, are governors of schools now? Hands down. That was 4.52. How many would like to be governors in schools? Shame on you. I mean, to be a governor of a school, how many of you have children or would like to have children? How many of you have been at school? Where at school? <laughs> so why are you not uh, wanting to be governors and get stuck into uh, the business of uh, helping uh, uh, others, uh, people, children, uh, experience the kind of schooling that they can and should have? Because this is what is going wrong with schools. What's going wrong with schools is partly that we're not recruiting the very best people into schools. I would rate uh, schools above um, uh, above medicine, um, above the law. I mean, that's a close one, but um, above accountancy, above HR, um, as uh, the best imaginable career for anybody. Who is passionate uh, and full of love and full of fascination at the world. I mean, look at this building that we're in, look at the incredible design and architecture, look at the uh, miraculous things that happen here uh, in this building, how they unfold the human spirit at its very finest. To be in schools is to participate in a world of discovery and to open up the hearts and minds of young people so that they too can experience that. So part of what goes wrong with schools is that we are not attracting the finest and the best of humanity, but it's also because government does not trust schools and therefore it pins schools down to one metric only, which is exam success and exams are okay Exams are probably a necessary ingredient of a good education, though there are good exams like the International Baccalaureate and poor exams like GCSE. But they're probably necessary, but they're not a sufficient condition for a good education because, let's think about it, let's think about your own experience. Schooling is the one opportunity that young people have, their best opportunity, to have their souls, their intellects, their hearts, their passions in life discovered, nurtured, encouraged, brought out, developed, i mean, that's what education means, it means to lead out. If you look at the root of the word, education, it means to draw out, and yet most schools don't draw people out in a process that should continue for life. Most schools narrow people down to a finishing point that is their GCSE or their A-level grade and then they think, tick, job done. I'm now educated. You're not. The educated person is learning till the day that they die. The great teacher is learning till their last day in the classroom. The great human being, the great professional is learning eager, desperate to learn. Uh, And that's what schools should be doing. And they're not doing that partly because they are giving a very narrow version of what it is to be an educated person. Now, we are all born with these eight different aptitudes or intelligences. Look up the word of Howard Gardner. Uh, And schools concentrate on just two of these eight intelligences, the logical and the linguistic. But there is also the creative and the physical. There's also the social and the personal. The personal means to be an intelligent person. There's also the moral and the spiritual. These are things which are not well done in our exam-ridden education. And this is where character comes in very, very much. Now, I want you now to just chat to your neighbor about what you think uh, are the values by which you uh, lead your life. Just, just chat to your uh, neighbor, do, do that now. Uh, what are the values by which you lead your life? Okay, th- thank you. Uh, uh, thank you very much, everybody. Hey, hey, everybody. Hello, hi, hi. It, it's it's that. It's that person on the stage. I remember where you were. Uh, and, and notice the release in, in energy uh, when actually you are in charge of thinking. Think how much passive so much of education is, how inert it is, how little it actually involves uh, young people themselves, and how exciting and liberating it is when you yourselves are actively learning. We're not going to do something uh, different for... Uh, 30 seconds, we are going to uh, do something which I would recommend in all your businesses, you do, and in your own lives every day if you don't do it. Who practices mindfulness? Hands up. All right. So what is it about you guys over here where you are, you know, everyone here just about do mindfulness, let's all do it now. Close our eyes. Uh, and everyone close their eyes. And just breathe in and let's have a complete sense of stillness in here. You can just complete stillness, let the laughter, let the embarrassment go, there are only fleeting insubstantial emotions. Connect with the depths inside you. Breathe deeply. And exhale, put the concentration into the breath. Inhale deeply and recognize that you're here now, exhale and I want you, still with the eyes closed this time, to think through your deepest five values that you want your life to be guided by. Think through what your deepest five values are. And in silence, open your eyes and on your handhelds or on notes, just write those five values down, please. From the deepest core of your being, what are the five values that you want to be remembered by? Yup, it might sound morbid, but what do you want people at your memorial to say about you? What... From the core of your being are your true values, not necessarily the ones you live, but the ones that you aspire to live by. And then just put a score by them in honesty and not sharing it with anybody, though you might want to share it tonight with loved ones. How far from naught to ten are you actually living out these values? Not low, 10 high. Are you living them out? Okay, just just scan that again. Now look, my contention is that we do not live enough from our deepest values, why not, because we're often not very still, our life goes by in this terrible business and rush, and when we are deeply reflective, that gives us an opportunity to connect with the depths of our own being, our heart of our being and what we truly want. That's contention number one. Contention number two is that uh, we can educate young people in this, but, and schools should be doing much more to develop character education. I'll give you my top five uh, in, in a second now. And contention number three is that in your places of work, you need to embody and personify these values, not as things that you write on boards or come up on screens, but as deeply lived experiences, because people will look at you and they won't think these are the values that they say, she says, he says, he lives by. They'll look at you and see deeply things that you don't see about yourself. If it's truly deep, it will be truly lived. Otherwise, it will appear tinny and thin. It will just appear like a veneer, like a religious person who doesn't live their religion but goes to church or mosque or temple or synagogue every weekend. It isn't, it's got to be deeply lived. And, and the fourth point is that the more you do this, the more successful your organisations will be. Trust is one of the themes I write books about. High trust organisations are ones that are grounded in great values and principles, which are lived, which are lived. And also that you will be much happier people for grounding yourself on your values. So my uh, values are for what they're worth and they are worth absolutely zero more than your own is self-restraint, which is about delayed gratification. And out of that comes health. Uh, uh, And the the, the greatest predictor of success of young people is not their intelligence, not their league table position, but their self-restraint. Fascinating research shows this, I'm sure you know this, that if we can help young people to exercise self-restraint and self-control, this will be a bigger prediction, predictor not only of future happiness, but of future income earning capability. Secondly, courage, uh, and, and courage because I think that we need to positively seek, seek out challenges and things we find difficult. So if you are afraid of heights, find things that... Uh, will challenge you to be afraid of heights. If you're afraid of public speaking, look as... But who is afraid here of public speaking? Who actually feels uncomfortable speak, spe, uh, uh, standing up uh, and speaking on a stage? Hands up. don't actually believe you. I think many more of you probably are, uh, but you probably share another fear, which is the fear of putting your hand up in public. But, you know, I'm making the point, the serious point there, which is that the more that you, the way to overcome this, is to challenge yourself to do it. So having the courage, you can positively, all of you, grow as human beings into the human beings that you want to be by looking for those, finding the courage to challenge yourself. Service and, and kindness. Kindness is my third value. That, that if you want to be happy, if you want to feel good, do good. It, it is just the most extraordinary law of life uh, existing on every single country on earth which is that if you want to feel good, do good to other people, and the more that you sacrifice yourself for other people, uh, while not ignoring your own self uh, totally, but getting that in a really good balance, the happier you will be, conversely the most, think of all the the unhappy people you know, they will be very self-centered. Depression has that appalling pull, uh, pull about it of self-centeredness. Depressed people are necessarily very self-centered. They will uh, be very, very concerned. You have to break out of that. Responsibility, uh, to be responsible and to display integrity is my fourth. And that is the most admirable quality for leader. Uh, And to be a leader who is responsible and displays integrity. And my fifth uh, is respect for all, including respect for yourself. Uh, 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 And that's the one that we often forget, as well as respect for all people, respect for the organization you belong to, the traditions of the organization and the future of the organization. So many leaders go wrong because it's all about me, 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 and the difference I can make now. And Look at me. Hey, look at me. uh, Look at my ego. Look how great I am. Great leaders who develop, who display this quality are thinking about the past and thinking about the future of their organizations. They have this incredible sense of respect. Uh, that transcends their own puny little egos. Uh, Ego is never a great thing. So uh, if you want to, and what I'm saying just to finish off is, and then if there are any questions, is that to live by values, it won't happen unless you allow yourself time for reflection uh, and honesty, talking to best friends, people who truly love you and respect you, unless you give time to yourself, stillness to yourself, and reflect on the things that you have and the people, the people who've most inspired you in life. I mean, you know, who are they and what was it about them that made you so admire them? Uh, And otherwise if we don't do this, if we don't reflect, these moments will go and we will suddenly find that we are out of this job or we're retired or we're dead Uh, and you can't do very much about it once you're dead, you know, and it's gone. You know, you must find these opportunities and to live by deep values that are totally true to you, not true to anybody else, but true to you, uh, you will not only be more successful at work and more admired and revered and loved, but you will also be far happier. So character, as Aristotle said, is at the heart of all. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this Changeboard Future Talent podcast. To register for your place at this year's Future Talent Conference on March the 22nd in London, where we'll explore the theme Skills to Thrive in the Fourth Industrial Revolution, visit ftconference.changeboard.com.